1: Welcome back to the Toolkit Depot studio out here at Optus Stadium. Well, the AFL finals are upon us. Of course, Melbourne versus Collingwood in a blockbuster at the MCG tomorrow night. And uh, to share his thoughts on the AFL finals and other footy matters, Glenn Quartermain from the West Australian, their senior writer and uh, an old friend of mine, of course, as he says, he would have played 300 AFL games, but for his very, very, very small hands. And quarters, you know what they say about small hands, don't you? Very big heart, Duff. Very big heart. No, no, I was thinking small gloves. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> well, it was, it was handy when I lived in London for four years, Duff. It was much cheaper.
1: Exactly. Walking red. Mm. Exactly. So, mate, the news, as uh, broken by cha- both Channel 9 and the West Australian uh, yesterday, Sean Darcy set to be locked away by Fremantle. Good move, bad move? What do you think?
0: Oh, it's a fantastic move. Um, I'm not one of these um, people who think the Jackson-Darcy combination can't work. I think absolutely it can work. Where that has them playing the majority of their time in the ruck or forward, I don't know. They'll still work that out. But I just think it's a must to have those two in. I think it's a show of faith from Darcy and where the list's at. And interestingly, it takes him up to... He comes out of. Um, comes into restricted free agency at the end of next season, and we believe if he gets the deal, we think he will, uh, or we think he's already signed, then it'll take him to unrestricted free agency. He'll be about 28-29 at that point, which means, you know, depending on where he's at, he might want to see his career out at Freo or he might want to have a look back east where he's from and maybe he might still have some currency at that point just for three, four more years. So... Pretty smart move from him, and um, we knew there were clubs very keen on him. Geelong was keen on him. Um, there, there are suitors out there, Sydney, Port, all of whom, um, particularly Port, will be in the race for Brody Grundy, but um, I think it's crucial for them. Um, it's, you forget, really. I mean, he missed the last, what, three or four games, and you forget how... We've d- we d- um, Jackson up and about um, just how important he is to that team. He's a dual medalist, so I think it's a really big tick for the Dockers.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? We can see how well Luke Jackson can play as the lead ruckman on a given day. I do wonder whether he could get through a season against the bigger, stronger bodies, having to jump higher and, and uh, be yeah. lent on and ground down, if you like, by the season. So I always thought that they would need the bigger, stronger presence in the ruck. I have to say I'm undecided on whether Darcy, I would have been going hard to keep Darcy or whether, you know, I would have been exploring his trade value. I'm just not sure what the answer is. Um, so it might be the right call and, and it might not be. And I guess we'll see it unfold um, as time goes on. Um, have things gone quiet now at West Coast, now that we've seen uh, uh, Adam Simpson survive the turmoil of the end of the season?
0: It seems so, but if they have, they're they're not doing their job because it should be frenetic in there at the moment. It's going to be the biggest off-season in their history, arguably. So hopefully they're getting to work and the sleeves are rolled up and they're looking at um, any possible trades and um, any possible scenarios to pick one. I'm still of the belief that they should split it and get really good value inside that top 10. Um, It just depends what they get seems that there are going to be, again, suitors out there. Uh, GWS, Melbourne, whoever can give them the best deal. Maybe North Melbourne. Um, But they have that pick one, which is very important. And um, uh, So Adam Simpson's safe for now. I think it came down to a financial decision, ultimately. Uh, There's a lot of soft cap tax there. There's a lot of income there. And I guess the interesting thing going forward now will be the length of tenure remaining for Trevor Nisbet. But depending on who you hear, <laughs> you listen to, it's either a short-term or he's going to see out the end of 2024. I'd, I'd be uh, more um, uh, inclined to think it will be the former. Um, uh, and the interesting thing now will be who will be the next CEO of West Coast.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting one. The the mail we seem to be getting uh, more of is that Trevor's departure will be a little bit earlier than the, the mm. end of the contract. Tell me this, Quarters, if you were on the West Coast board... Would Adam Simpson have got your vote?
0: No. Um, I, I understand the rationale, given that he's got two years left on the contract and anyone who goes into that job next year possibly is in for more pain because they've, they've lost some experience, albeit they didn't play a lot this year. but um, No, I, I, see, I was of the belief that 10 years is too long tenure anyway, so Adam should have been out um, and coaching elsewhere before this point. I just think your voice uh, gets a bit strained. Um, you need, f- to, you know, fresh ears on it. Now they have got new recruits in there, of course, but I'm just not sure if it's it's, it's too long a tenure and that they need to move on already. So I, I wouldn't have known.
1: McGovern, Yo, Harry Edwards, all going overseas to see the renowned physiotherapist Enda King. Um, I guess, in particular, with Gov and. Yo, this is kind of a last ditch effort to make them durable again, isn't it? Because they haven't been for, hope so. for 3 or 4 seasons. So
0: think, yep, and I think you saw at points um Jeremy had a pretty ordinary final round, but you saw at points the value when he when he did get to play, which wasn't often this season. You saw he still could be one of the elite defense in the competition and I think Elliot there's no one like him on the Eagles list in terms of he can run both ways. You know, you can put him at half back. He can, I mean, we saw him playing key position defense this year, which was ridiculous, but I guess that was due to their depth. Um, But Elliot, I still like in the midfield with that big body, but look, all of these players, even the contracted ones, there there are some non-negotiables, of course, um, but I think they should all be just out there and and available if the trade is right. And, So let's hope that Elliot and Jeremy can get their bodies right because they're going to need them next year. There's not a lot of experience left. So um, very, very important to them going forward. And then possibly could be particularly Elliot. Um, If if the club is in need of that type of player and he can prove his fitness, maybe he is part of the package.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure about that. To me, Mm -hmm. I think their best value might be to stabilise a young playing group at West Coast and... I'm not sure that any club is going to be paying overs to get either McGovern or Yo in, given their recent injury track record. So I think if I'm West Coast, I'd be trying to get them as durable as I can, get them out there a minimum of 14 to 15 times each next year, even if you have to rest them now and again, and make sure you don't get a run of really bad performances. You know, hopefully pick off a few games that you think you can win, get a better result than you did this year and try and start taking the club forward again because at the moment it just feels like the club is sliding backwards, doesn't
0: it? It does. Um, interesting, you know, Jeremy McGovern, you, you're quite right. I think, you know, you'd be very, you'd be reluctant to take them on given their recent injury history. But you put Jeremy Governor fully fit into that Port Adelaide defence or that Western Bulldogs defence. All of a sudden it solves a few problems doesn 't it? Um, in terms of going forward, I think if you can ha- if you can turn those hundred point losses into you know fifty sixty point losses, and I think fans can see some improvement and look we talk about the exodus of experience, but you 've got the youth there who've got another year under their belts as well, so you 'd expect some improvement in some of those players some of them, some of them of course in their second year will, will, could possibly go backwards because we 've seen that happen. So I think there's a fair bit of pain ahead still, but I think that's going to be the go, turning those really big losses into, you know, mid mid size losses. And I think fans would see, at least see something. You, you need to see some light on the horizon, I think. And they've had a pretty horrible two years, so um, it might be three, but um, it, it, it's a long hauler, that's for sure.
1: Now you mentioned you would pick, uh, you would split pick one. Um, have you been watching Daniel Curtin play? And if you were splitting, pick one would you want Daniel Curtin to be one of those picks yeah,
0: I would um I think what he's shown is he's been able to step up you know from Colts into that league side for the latter part of the season and play really well so he you can he can step up um he would absolutely local boy um all the raps are so big on him so I think he would be a priority for West coast um as they possibly the second part of that pick one, depending on who's available, of course. But Or well, you may get in with your pick one. I'm not sure what their thinking is at the moment, but I would definitely split it. I think they need a bigger base of youth talent um, on their list um, rather than just one player.
1: Yeah, you, d- you do spread the risk too, don't you? Like one player can get injured, like having a ser- have a serious injury that could diminish their output, whereas if you get two very good players there's a fair chance that at least one of them gets through to be uh, um, a really good player for you.
0: i tell you what, the, the top 10s now, even the top 20s, are pretty good players now. And what amazes me is you listen to them speak now, and they're so well-drilled, so well-prepared, so well-media-trained. Um, just you, I look back to when I was 18, mate. And I can't even carry their boots to the game, I tell you, in so many years.
1: You you were a very good talker, quarters. You've always been a good talker. Oh, you, your, yeah, I was. Your, your haircuts could and your hair colors could use a bit of work when you were younger. But um, um, but you were certainly well.
0: You didn't like you didn't
1: like the Billy Idol white. Uh, the Billy Idol, I think that was one that needed a lot of work. I think yeah, definitely. <laughs> I lost a bet, Duff. Yeah, hey, um, your Hawks appear to have the inside run and be ahead in the race for Liam Henry. What would they be paying in terms of draft picks? Do you think?
0: Well, uh, there's a player called Brockman who is available, who um, I think could be part of that deal. Um, I'm actually a bit loath to see Brockman go because uh, what, from what I've seen from him, I think he, he can be an elite small forward. He's certainly got the moves. He's a beautiful kick, and um, and from what from what I hear, he's a really good young man. So. I'd be loathe to see him go. I think Liam Henry would be a great addition as well to that Hawthorne side with his run off a wing. Um, I think we could definitely use him, my boys. And, uh, look, let's see what happens. Let's see how it pans out. Um, Pretty reasonably content with Hawthorne's uh, Hawthorne's year this year. Still finished 16th, though. So, no, so just, you know, let's not get too carried away with them. But I think we saw with big wins over big teams and pushing other teams close up that top end of the ladder that they're heading in the right direction, Duff. But it's still a fair bit of... I mean, that's, you look at the forward line and it's um they need a key position player or two. It's, it, that's, that's the big area of concern for Hawthorne, I think, is that forward line.
1: Tell me this. Why is the Port Adelaide versus Brisbane game the last game of this weekend? Surely... The loser of that game deserves the longer preparation for um, a semi-final next week.
0: Yeah, fair call. Cool. Um, I don't know what the rationale is. There are people saying, "Why is there a Thursday night game?" Because obviously, if you're you know a Collingwood or a Melbourne supporter, or just an AFL fan from the Western districts, um, or from from you know country Victoria, how are you going to get to that game on a Thursday night with school kids, etc.? But there's no rhyme or reason to it, really. Um, I, I would agree with that. Um, uh, gee, it's a big round, big opening round, though. And i tell you, I, I, I'd like an extra day to uh, to pick my winners this weekend. But um, it, 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 I think there's a couple of games that I'm reasonably comfortable in picking, but there's two that I just think are really up up in the air.
1: Who, which game are you most looking forward to?
0: I'm looking forward to Thursday night, Collingwood-Melbourne. Um you know, I'm going to put my cajuners on the line. I'm going to pick Melbourne. I think they're. I think whoever wins this is set up for the flag. Um, are we going to see the Collingwood? If we see the Collingwood that was playing its best footy mid-year, then they'll win this game. But I'm just not sure we're going to see that. You've got players returning, so Darcy Moore's a big in. There'll be no Nick Dacos. but Melbourne. I just think they've been building, building, building without really firing a big shot. Um, They have got forward line issues, but that's the game I really think Thursday night, uh, the Premiership favourite will come out of it. Uh, Carlton, I think, get the job done against Sydney. Um, St Kilda GWS, fascinating. Uh, King comes in, and I think Sam Taylor's going to be crucial to that, whether he can get up or not. And The final game, Brisbane Port... Port Adelaide supporters keep telling me you're going to see an upset, but I think they've won 11 from 11 at the Gabba this year, Brisbane. I think they're set up for their first grand final appearance. They have to, they can win two games at the Gabba and actually get there. And I think if you get there, even though they've got a poor MCG record, you've got to be a chance. So you look at their squad and you give them a chance. So um, yeah, that's, that's how I'm going to forecast the first week. And of course, stuff you know what happens from there
1: yeah it all gets proven wrong and gets thrown out the window yeah <laughs> um i I reckon that I think you're right. I think this is the biggest game that Brisbane has played since the Lee Matthews grand final era. To me, I know yeah. they played home quality home prelim in twenty twenty in the pandemic year, but they felt a bit young and not quite ready at that point to me this is a this is a season group in their fifth consecutive final series. Um, and you're right. The best way for a non-Victorian team to win the flag is home qualifying final, home preliminary final, one hit-and-run mission to the MCG at the end of September to try and bring home the Premiership Cup. So um, it's yeah, set you know up... You
0: what I really, liked, I really liked about Chris Fagan's language? um listening to him the other night um, on, T- on one of the AFL uh, shows. was, um, This is our best opportunity. Um, we're actually no excuses, and we are... You know, Terry ripe. and they are. they've got they've got very few injury issues. So I think I like that. It's embracing the challenge. We've got no excuses. We're looking forward to it. This is our best chance. I love hearing that sort of language.
1: Quarters, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks so much for joining us on the show today, and uh, look forward to seeing how many of your tips you get right over the weekend.
0: I'm one ahead, mate in the paper, so uh, I've had a, I've had a courageous comeback in the final round. so, Uh, Let's
1: hope I continue on my pathway here. You're in good form. As they say, small hands, great tipper. Yeah,
0: good form heading into the finals too. Very important.
1: (laughs) Glenn Quartermain from the West Australian, the senior writer at the West, uh, a fantastic sports writer and a fantastic person to boot. uh, Joining us on the show today, what do you think you can have your say on the temperate bedshed text line on 0487 736 736. Give us a call on the open line 131255. We'll be back with more after the break.